TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Danny and Dusty. All right. My rock smashes your scissors. Oh, no, not these scissors, pal. This is a uh, special titanium steel alloy. Oh, developed, developed by NASA for the space program. These scissors that smashed you to wrap this with the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. Hey, what's happening, Norm? It's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, hour number two, we start. Danny and Dusty with you. We had uh, hour number one was a lot of uh, Ducks and Beavs and college football. Which is uh, which is always fun. And look, we started off that whole Oregon conversation with, <laughs> you know, even in a blow, you can learn a couple of things. Not a lot, but only a couple of things. And uh, with Oregon, it is Troy Franklin is going to be the safety blanket. And uh, they can step on a team. And that's a good thing to see. Other than that, don't really know much about the, still a lot of questions. Running back room, still <laughs> Very questionable. Mm-hmm. The defensive line, very questionable. The quarterback situation, I think we know what that is, but we knew that heading into the year. It's not great. It's not. It's a roller coaster with no. Bo Nix, which can be good and can bite you, and you just hope the good is more than the bites you. But yeah. That's all you can – I mean, it's like going camping. Can. Like you're just trying to not get eaten by the mosquitoes. With the Beavs, I love it. They had a big win. Man, they had a big, big win. Well, more college football as the show goes on. But uh, week one in the NFL was yesterday. And my, oh, my, what a day it was. I mean, where do you even start um, because of the drama that is unfolding across the NFL from the very first game that we saw here locally on Fox being the Bears and the Niners? In the monsoon. And what was one of the worst good football games I've seen in a very long time. I... Speaking of things you don't or or you do or don't know coming out of a football game, I do not believe in either Justin Fields or Trey Lance any more or less than I did going into that game. And I think it's really hard to find a way to believe in them when the conditions are the way that they were. Uh, I thought Lance didn't look great, but, I mean, who looks great when there's an inch of standing water maybe more on, on the field? Like, it was... I mean, that was ridiculous. And people are going to have sweeping judgments because of, of that game and that one performance. And, oh, by the way, he had no George Kittle either for for that game. And you talk about a situation in a time where a guy would dominate. That is, George Kittle has dreams about 
that playing game. in those conditions <laughs> against the Bears and just being able to knock somebody into the mud and make those kind of little dirty, grimy plays that George Kittle's known for. So you take that out of it. it, it I mean, what are you going to do? I'm I'm shocked that the Bears put up the fight that they did, but uh, this just goes to show you there are paid professionals everywhere. And if we go back to last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, or no, it was in the Jaguars stadium, the New Orleans Saints beat the doors off of the uh, Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. And everybody was like, the world is over for Green Bay. Everything is different. And then what happened? The Saints are back, and they're going to be the real deal. And what happened? There was one team in the playoffs, and the other team that wasn't. One team was the number one seed in the NFC. The other team wasn't. And it was the Green Bay Packers, the team that absolutely got hammered 30-3 to that day. And here's the thing. I had Bears fans very mad at me in my mentions yesterday because I said the Bears are one of the three worst teams in football, and they're very um, proud that they beat a Super Bowl favorite and da, 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 da. And they should be. You know what? They should and be. Enjoy the hell out of it, but you're still one of the three worst teams in football. Nothing was answered. The 49ers took a shotgun to their face and absolutely just imploded on multiple levels, whether it was fumbles or 11 penalties. My goodness. And it's just a pig slop of a game. You play that game 100 times. Mm-hmm. I'm, as much as I don't believe in Trey Lance, I still believe they have so much more talent than the Bears. That they they win that game ninety five out of a hundred times. I, I genuinely do not believe the Bears did. There was two plays in that game. One where Justin Fields basically threw up a punt. Yeah. To Dante Pettis, who That's somehow right. got completely lost, and took it in the end zone. And then the one play that really mattered when Fields hit yeah. uh, Brown in the end zone. Yeah. That that was really that was the one play in the game where either quarterback made a substantial. Throw. All right. Um, let's talk about good quarterback play then because uh, Justin Herbert, we found out that the offensive coordinator for uh, the Chargers, he has a file on his computer of just like basically Justin Hor- Herbert, you know, porn throws that he has where he just sits there and goes, I mean, these are throws that only Justin Herbert mm-hmm. can make. He filled up that, that folder yesterday against the Raiders and what I thought was my game of the week that I wanted to see, it should have been Sunday Night Football, for God's sakes. They keep shoving the Cowboys down our throats. Uh, for some ungodly reason. But the Raiders and Chargers, it, it lived up to a hell of a hype. And Herbert played his butt off last night, he, or yesterday. He was making some of the most incredible throws over linebackers, under uh, safeties, with zip, through double coverage. I mean, sliding in the pocket and then stepping up and... Uh, I forget even who it was that he hit on that corner route where there were two Raiders defenders underneath and a Raiders defender over the top. Mm-hmm. And he found a way to Dropped like it drop it right in over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He had the, the touchdown throw where he just absolutely threw a laser to Gerald Everett. It, it was incredible yep. to see Justin Herbert operate. And that game just is a preview of what we are going to get in the AFC West because as great as Justin Herbert played in that game, it was a 24-19 game yes. that came down to the wire, and Derek Carr gave all of the haters of Derek Carr tons of fuel in that game as well. Yeah, Derek Carr had his worst decision-making game I've seen in a long time. He had three interceptions that were Oof. unforgivable rookie-like mistakes and held on to the ball uncharacteristic. Because Derek Carr's a, a get-rid-of-the-ball guy. I, I think his brother getting hit a thousand times must have been instilled in him the, hey, man, it's not worth taking 67 sacks in a season. If it's not there, get rid of it. He held it and held it and held it, and he did this 
stare down the guy you're going to throw oh, it to thing. Just watch him. Just locked in and just put it right on a Chargers chest. Three different like credit credit to the DBs for for and the one linebacker who got the interceptions, but you should because he put it on you and not on. The flip side of that is Devontae Adams. Still the best wide receiver in football. Mm. My goodness. Yeah, that catch on the sideline My where he just turned goodness. around to Sante Samuel Jr. and then just ran away from and him. And then turned him around was, again. He turned special. him around with the out route and then turned him after he caught the ball. All of this is to say is Derek Carr made all those mistakes. Herbert made all those throws, mm. and it was still a five-point game. Yeah. That's, it was a that's what you're going to get in that. Football. That is what you were going to get in that division week in and week out because the Chiefs just – Put it to the Cardinals Lord and Lord. Sky Moore uh, looks to be the the new toy Solid that Andy Reid loves. Uh, <laughs> they found a way to get him the ball in Patrick Mahomes. He said this past week that one thing that he's going to have to do is it's going to have to be between his ears a little bit more, and he's got to work a little bit more instead of just saying Tyree Kill's going to win that one on one. I'm going to throw the ball up, and you saw that in in real time and in play and in practice in that game against the Cardinals where he had that throw to Sky Moore where he kind of side-armed it as he's running to his left, throwing back and back-shouldered Sky Moore and let that number 24 make a move and make a couple guys miss. The Chiefs are just as scary, and they're just as damn good as they were before. Uh, Putting up 44 points in the NFL is no easy feat, and they did it with ease. Yeah, no, this is uh, Andy Reid. This is Patrick Mahomes saying, I want, I want new toys. And instead of Andy, Re- Andy Reid saying, you have new toys at home, he went to the store and, and got him more. Also, Travis Kelsey turns out to be pretty damn good. Oh. Did that, did, we, we, I, I feel like we're, we're, we're kind of, I mean, obviously give uh, Mahomes all the credit for absolutely dicing up the Cardinals. Yep. My goodness. But uh, Kelsey... Uh, eight, uh, excuse me, nine targets, 121 yards and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster looked incredible uh, in that that slot role for Kansas City. Healthy. I mean, listen, uh, the demise of Juju, I, I think a little bit premature considering what he had in quarterback play in the last two years in, in Pittsburgh and so. also dealing with injuries. Uh, that may end up being one of the better signings of the, of the offseason. I... It is amazing to me why more guys don't do this, right? It, it, we, we saw it, it with New England uh, for a short run where guys like Randy Moss would just come and just be like, hey, hey I'm, I'm like going to go with the quarterback for you. I'm going to go with the best coach and the best quarterback in the game right now. And this is how I'm going to bet on myself. Yeah. Instead of betting on myself, Lamar Jackson wise, and saying, you know what, $250 million, $133 million guaranteed. No, I'm going to bet on myself. The bet on themselves is, hey, With best quarterback, best coach, I don't know, maybe as a wide receiver I'll get paid a buttload of money if I just go and have a year there. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to break the bank yes. based on this year. If not in Kansas City, he'll do it somewhere else because he's going to put up those funny numbers. And they don't have to rely on him as much as they did in, in Pittsburgh either. No, they're, they're going to have other – listen, uh, Claypool came on, uh, he – Obviously picked up. Speaking of guys having resurgent years, Chase Claypool looked fantastic. Yes, that's that kind of kind of kind of going yeah. into our Cincinnati Pittsburgh there, but um, Claypool had the same issues where injuries and and kind of snapped up and got him. But also, Big Ben not good. No. But leading into the the, the uh, obviously the other another crazy game in the NFL in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. What the hell happened in that game? 
Uh, well, McAutomatic uh, <laughs> is no longer McAutomatic. Uh, Evan McPherson, two of three, missed an extra point. After well, he had him banging a 59-yarder yeah. that would have been good from 70. My goodness. Yeah, it, that game was drunk. Just we, call it what it was. Um, the game was drunk. We talk about how the AFC West, like, hey, this Chargers-Raiders game, it was exciting. You had big momentum swings. It was, it was great, exciting quarterback play. This is what we're going to look forward to in the AFC West. Well, this is what we're used to in the AFC North. It is just bludgeoning you over the head. At times, it's going to be ridiculously ugly. You never know who's going to be the best team because the best team can look like the worst team, and the worst team can look like the best team on any given week. Joe Burrow got a brand-new offensive line but got his ass kicked just as much as he has before. Seven sacked seven times. He had no time. I mean, and the Steelers weren't – I watched a ton of this game, and the Steelers were not sending five. It was just stunts, uh, sending uh, Watt one-on-one, which, again, T.J. Watt may be lost for the season. We're getting reporting that That's brutal. A, partial, or actually a completely torn pack. He's getting a second and third, which means the first scan hey, showed it's a torn pack. Buddy, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, when you walk off the field telling your trainers, I tore my pack, and then you get a first opinion that says, hey, man, you tore your pack. Also, I probably think you tore your pack. When, you're, when your entire arm is black and blue, you tore your pack. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of – it's a bummer because that's the reigning defensive player of the year. And, my God, he was a one-man wrecking crew in that gonna game. going to be just like J.J., though? Yeah, because – you know why? Because those dudes are just so big and so strong, and they have so much muscle on them. Your body just isn't supposed to do that. That sucks. You're going to get, like, three great years, and then the other years are going to be fantastic, but everyone's going to be littered with injuries here, injuries there. But Steelers-Bengals – Credit to the Bengals for getting back into it after Burrow was uncharacteristically yeah. sloppy. Four, inter- field. four interceptions. God, man. he almost Nathan Peterman the first half. I mean, just he had, he had four picks, and all fumbled. of them in the all of them in the first half. But we all know the Nathan Peterman uh, five interceptions in one half game. Peterman special. Um, well, I guess no. He had three. He had four turnovers. A fumble in the first half, three picks. He had, he had his other one in the third quarter. Yes, so he didn't do it all in the first half. So, they did get screwed, though, on that non-touchdown. That the Jamar Chase? Yes. Oh, my God. Absolutely hosed. Well, I, and you got to put that on Zach Taylor, too. Like, yes. Zach Taylor, you have got to lobby to get that thing reviewed. I don't care at what point in the game it is. On scoring plays, you just got to figure it out. You got to challenge um, that, man. Come on. On that note, Jamar Chase, my goodness. I, I hope. There you go. Listen. I I, gen, I have no dog in this fight. I hope Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, is Montana Rice. Mm. Like I want them to stay together for 20 years. Because watching those two, you know the, 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 the touchdown that ended up pushing into overtime. You know what's happening. You mm. know what is happening, and there's not a bleeping thing you can do about it. Yeah. And that is a tremendous thing to have in the NFL. My God. Uh, but... Shout out to Mike Tolliman and the Steelers. He uh, he got his players black Air Force Ones before the game because he wanted some black Air Force One behavior. And my God, did he get it? What is black Air Force One behavior? That's some uh, that's some ignorant, physical, knocky in the teeth behavior. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, he got it. But, but Patrick Beverly is a guy who everybody would expect to like play uh, pick up basketball in black Air Force Ones. If we're mm. going to paint the image, there we go for you. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's what he got for his team. Also, Mitchell Trubisky owes that entire defense at least a Rolex because, my God, did he Mitch Trubisky that game. 21 of 38, 194 and a touchdown. Ugh. 
Well, that's how they're going to win, to be honest. I mean, With that's their how defense putting the on an all-time performance and then him not screwing it up? Just, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, well, let's... Najee Harris getting hurt isn't going to help your, your run game at all. I mean, it was Chase Claypool was their leading scorer. Yeah. Or leading Lead rusher, rusher, sorry. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a little problematic. you got some issues. Certainly. And so you're having to lean on Mitch Trubisky, which... You never want to lean on Mitch Trubisky. I mean, we were just like, Bo Nix and Mitch Trubisky... That's like a, I That's, mean, yeah. that is, you can, tr- they can win you a lot of games and they can get you to a, 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 a place that is exceeding the expectations, but you have to have the reins pulled back. Matt Nagy did a phenomenal job of it. The only hard part with Matt Nagy is that he lost his entire locker room because of a refusal to move on from it. <laughs> so it's a, that's a kind of a perfect segue here. I'm, I'm going to put you under the gun here. Who makes the quarterback change first? The 49ers? Or the Steelers? Uh, oh, I have to look at their schedule. Pittsburgh has got New England next, then Cleveland. Nah, I don't see them having being forced to do it anytime soon. The Niners have got the C. If the Niners lose to the Seahawks, might be week three. Then you're looking at week three in Denver at the Broncos. Does, Go back to Jimmy. I, and the only reason I would say this is because this leads into our Dallas conversation we can get to uh, after when we come back. But does Dallas come calling about? Jimmy G. No. No? Okay. No. Well, I mean, they probably call, but if you're Jimmy G. You don't want to go to Dallas. Mm. Do you want to sit back? Do you want to go back there and run around like a chicken with your head cut off? No. There's Ooh. a reason why he got a no trade clause put in. All right, we got to get to uh, Sunday Night Football uh, and Tua and Kirkers, man. Tua and Kirk Cousins, both with dramatic wins. Danny Dusty on the fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports the clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening it's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. You take them all the man. Danny and Dusty on the fan. And put them in control. Alright, we're continuing our trek through the NFL's week one as there's uh, so much action and so little time before we hand it off to uh, Seahawks pregame show. Seahawks Broncos, Monday Night Football from Lumen Field. Russell Wilson's return right here on the fan. 5.15 kick. Pre-game starts uh, immediately following us at 3 o'clock. Um, I find it rude that they're not considered in my gym time. Oh, well, you're just going to have to make sure you get it done efficiently. There's a lot of people that are working until then. I know, it's an right? early kick. Uh, being on the East Coast was crazy, though. To It is such a... Horrible sports viewing. <laughs> well, listen, P- 
Pacific Standard Time is the GOAT viewing time for professional sports around the world. Nothing. Absolutely nothing happens until noon. It's the weirdest thing ever. I love waking up in the morning at 9 a.m. Yeah. And flipping on football. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. Having football on in bed, there is nothing better. Yeah. It's weird. Um, all right. Uh, the final score from Sunday Night Football last night, that game was boring. Uh, Buccaneers beat the Cowboys 19-3. to um, And the news out of that one is Tom Brady looks a lot younger in his face, uh, can still throw the football, but neither one of those teams have good offensive lines. My God, if there's one thing that I'm going to take away from this weekend of the NFL, teams need to actually play in the preseason. The offensive line play across the NFL was atrocious, but even more so in Tampa, Dallas. Good God, both those offensive lines are destroyed. There's nothing left. Yeah, Dallas is Dallas is in real trouble, and they were in trouble as we were watching that Tampa defense kind of have their way with them, but... Uh, we knew that this was going to be a problem when that line was healthy, though. Dak Prescott was standing behind the best offensive line in the National Football League for you know the first five years of his career. Um, that is not the case any longer. And this Dallas team is thin up front. They are thinner at receiver. And Dak Prescott is now not going to have a problem with it for the next two months because he broke his hand on the side of a helmet, and now you have Cooper Rush time coming to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I feel for Dak Prescott, and it is unfortunate that he continually is going through injuries. We were talking about this last week, like continually finding ways to have injuries creep up on him, and this one is he's just trying to throw a football (laughs) <laughs> he's just trying to step up and throw and he gets basically a hard high five and breaks his thumb. He broke his thumb right at like the base of where his thumb meets his, his palm. And yeah. he's going to have to be out six to eight weeks and you got to find another quarterback now. Yes. And Mike McCarthy was just confirmed uh, by Gene Slater uh, said that uh, he now currently has a list of all currently available uh, quarterbacks of with him. Mind you, this is a Dallas team that on cut day cut all of their backup quarterbacks and only had one quarterback on their roster heading into last week. Now, they always had a plan of bringing back guys back. Two guys in the practice squad. Yeah, Danucci, I think, is on there, and then uh, Cooper Rush is is there. But, mind you, they were not confident in that position to keep either of them otherwise uh, of being on the practice squad because they know any team can come and sign your guys off the practice squad. Uh, they have got a big issue here at the quarterback position. And, look, do you go and try to get Jimmy G? Sure. He's got a no-trade clause, and after watching that game, I don't know why Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo would want to go there. Run. There will be other quarterbacks that go down at some point. Now, look, San Francisco, if you can get some out of Dallas and you can talk Jimmy G into it, there are definitely going to be worse situations that pop up. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at it from – but he's not going to be there long term because they have Dak. If you're watching, yeah, if you're watching from Jimmy G's perspective, you probably look at the New York Giants who beat the Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. yesterday, and you watch that video of Brian Dayball on the sidelines absolutely lighting up Daniel Jones, and you go, Ding. that's probably where I want Listen, to go. Jimmy G in New York, I mean, that just sounds like a match made in heaven. Because that does not, now they won, and they're 1-0, 
that doesn't seem like it's going to be a, a match made in heaven between Dayball no. and his, his quarterback, well, I mean, Daniel Jones. Let's be honest. Daniel Jones is always going to be a short timer. I, 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 unfortunately, that was just a very bad pick for the Giants. And that's just the situation they've been in for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But uh, as it pertains to the Cowboys, you and I were talking before the show, it'll never happen because Jerry Jones has far too much pride. But with the way that their books are, and they suck, like, they do not get a twist. Their books are a mess. Uh, paying Zeke all that money has put them in a bind, which is why they lost basically everybody they lost mm-hmm. because they didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. They should absolutely steer this thing into the, into the cliffs, blow it up this season, develop whatever you can develop, and get some young talent on some draft picks. Get a high pick, yeah. and if you're – Jerry is so loyal to his guys, whether it's Zeke, whether it's Dak, whether it's uh, Tyron Smith, you know, whether it's Bobby Carpenter. I mean, you can go down the list of guys that he's paid and kept for a very long time and guys that he's probably overpaid and kept too long throughout his, his tenure as an owner. I don't think he'll, he'll pivot away from Dak before probably it's too late. But if you were going to make a change and really change things around – this is the way you do it. This is it, it's different between the NFL and NBA uh, as far as how it happens and how you go about it. But this is a this is a real chance for the Cowboys to kind of write write the ship on the personnel and on the books. Look, if this is any other team, we would just say, "God, what a dumpster fire they are!" Right? Yeah, 100%. because they they would be they're like approaching commanders style the, the, dysfunction the, the on the field. The only thing that separates the commanders is what they do off the field is 20 exponentially times worse. worse, including having <laughs> mugs in their stadium on opening day uh, that had their new logo that had their new logo on it with the state of Washington <laughs> behind it. They were bootleg. My goodness. They did. They did confirm. I saw that come out of that. I think it was Albert Breer had a, had a photo of it. Um, but they were they were bought outside the stadium. Oh so yeah, no, I saw that too because I was like, oh my god, did a vendor really screw that up? Wow. But yeah, for those because that are the initial tweet was that they were inside the stadium. Yeah, apparently they okay. were they, like they were set on a shelf somewhere. Somebody else had bought them outside. My god. But yeah, no, they were they were it's the yellow W, the commander's logo, and, and oh, there you go, and then in the middle of the state of Washington, like solid black outline. And it right. was. We have not something. gotten to Tua yet. I we do need to get to Tua. Uh, because Mike McDaniel gets his first win, uh, the coach that I absolutely love now. He beats uh, Bill Belichick, the GOAT. Uh, we also have got to discuss Kirk Cousins in that Vikings team because watch out now. <laughs> I know that it's week one, but I love Kevin O'Connell's offense with those weapons that they have. The limitation is Kirk Cousins, though, uh, but he didn't hurt him in week one. Coming up next, though, we've got to get to the worst weekend on the web. Texas A&M has taken more than just a loss to Appalachian State. First is Rush. Rust with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. It is now time for the worst day on the web. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080, The Fan. Well, that sucks. 
Well, let's head down to College Station, Texas. One of the things that uh, Texas A&M does that is really cool is before every home game, they have yell practice where they fill up the stands of Kyle Field and everybody gets all hyped up and they practice all the chants for the next day. And then they turn off the lights and you kiss your sister. I mean, your your significant other um, as part of their yell practice. Well... The Aggies, with the number six ranking in the country, they felt very confident heading into their matchup with Appalachian State. The Mountaineers had other things on their mind, uh, but that didn't stop one Texas A&M, I don't know, yell leader, from giving this speech that is catching a lot of heat on the interwebs today. I had to Google this team to make sure that they're even real. I was really confused because... Appalachia is definitely not a state, but sure enough, I found them, and they're located deep, and I mean deep, in the backwoods, just like you would think any hillbilly college that names themselves the Mountaineers. I just hope that these guys can get here tomorrow all right, because I know for a fact that half of their football team can barely even read the name on their jerseys, let alone read a map. It's a shame that the only two brain cells that all these guys have left are going to get knocked out by our wrecking crew defense tomorrow. Let's have a fight Texas yell practice. Takes the snap, backs up. Runs out the remaining seconds of the game. And the Mountaineers just upset the number six team in the country, baby! For the first time since 2007, App State has knocked off a top ten football team. Today in College Station, the Mountaineers grab the attention of the college football nation again and beat the sixth-ranked Aggies 17-14. to wrong with what that guy was saying like first of all it was cringy on its own i couldn't get through the actual video and if they actually had won that game it still would have been cringy yeah the this is a very normal thing for a and m unfortunately but how do you write those lines because it's all rehearsed he's not winging this how do you how do you write that and be like yeah that's that's it that's the one yeah, I don't I honestly I have no idea, especially when you're calling them backwoods and you are an ag school and your mascot is the Aggies mm. and you're calling somebody backwoods, huh? Yeah, backwoods, lacking brain cells, can't read a map, but I'm like why this could have written been written by Appalachian State. Like it's, what are we doing? It's here? what Texas says about Texas A&M. Yes. And this guy was like, There's finally a school that we can say this. We about. can look down upon you. Well, that uh that defense that he was talking about Wrecking Crew defense. Texas AM, uh, they actually played an okay game. They gave up 181 yards rushing, but it was Appalachian State's defense that did the put the clamps down. That was the remaining crew. In that game, AM only had ninety seven yards passing and eighty nine yards rushing in oh. the entire game. Is that good? That is not good. And if it weren't for a bunch of boosters who paid the best recruiting class money could buy, think of how bad this one looks. I, mean, I think brutal. it looks I think it looks worse. Ugh. But Man. the thing about the recruiting class is a lot of those guys aren't playing. 
I'm doing the sell job for Texas A&M right yeah, now. Yeah, there's nothing really to sell there. Uh, You're the number one recruiting class in the country, and you got beat by App State, which, uh, remember, this is the same App State team that scored 40 points in the fourth quarter and had a wild finish with North Carolina. Yes. But they are just one and one on the season. The same. And, and this is an App State team that is not unfamiliar to doing this to top-ranked teams. Uh, no. This is what they do. Stop scheduling App State in the beginning of the season, you idiots. Well, at least they're not FCS anymore because that last win in 2007, that would be Michigan in the big house, which they beat Michigan, and then Oregon came in the very next week, and everybody was like, Lloyd Carr's going to get his guys back on the right track, and Dennis mm-hmm. Dixon with the Statue of Liberty had other things on their mind, and they started 0-2. Uh, but that is a worse day on the web because now here's where it gets even worse. It was cringy. Then they lost, and then people found it. Now Texas A&M has been actively taking it down from Twitter, citing copyright infringement every time it pops up. DMCA claims are lame. Take your L for the week, A&M. And what we have happening is everybody is going at it, and now you have Barstool Sports, a guy named Jack McGuire, has made it a promise to put it back up on Twitter anytime it gets taken down from Twitter, to which Texas A&M got got by themselves because they live stream it on YouTube, and there's an archive of it on YouTube. (laughs) So now people are just taking the YouTube video and putting it all up there because they obviously have put it in the public domain themselves. Oops. Love to see it. You love to see it. So uh, Texas A&M, they took a fat L uh, to Appalachian State. But A&M wasn't the only team to take it on the chops. Notre Dame is 0-3 with Marcus Freeman. And we have Clay Helton delivering a death blow. Hmm. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, The Fan. All right, Jimbo Fisher's antiquated offense took it on the chin against Appalachian State. Tell me how you really feel. But Notre Dame, well, uh, how I really feel about Jimbo Fisher's offense. Mm. Look, I am, I'm watching the Patriots, like, pretend it's 1993 again in the NFL. Like, Jimbo and his offense, it was dynamic. Like 10 years ago. Sure. But teams catch up. Just like you have to adapt and you have to adjust. I mean, Chip Kelly's evolved tremendously from when he first got to Oregon. And you see that when you watch UCLA. They're still able to put up funny numbers. But you have got to be able mm-hmm. to shift and adjust. So good luck, Jimbo. Um, he has all the talent in the world, man. That's for sure. Even Nick Saban was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to grow up with, with football duck and now they're unstoppable. Um, but Notre Dame is now 0-3 with Marcus Freeman. And, uh, we, Hold on, I need, to, I need to get comfortable for this. We saw the Notre Dame fan base say, this looks like Jimmy Lake. Oh. An assistant coach, defensive coordinator, is young, energetic, is a great recruiter. Everyone loves. And he is now 0-3 the bowl game, and then two straight losses to start the year, an 11-point loss to uh, Ohio State. And then you follow that up with the home opener in Notre Dame Stadium with touchdown Jesus looking down on you, losing 26-21 to 
to the thundering herd of Marshall. The Oof. Sun Belt, a.k.a. the Fun Belt. Fun Belt, baby. Hopefully people are going to be start watching on Tuesdays with me because I'm the only person <laughs> that watches Tuesday football the Fun Belt. And you'll be able to see teams like Appalachian State and Marshall going into battle in the middle of Huntington, Virginia, West Virginia, and Boone, North Carolina. It's fantastic. Um, but Notre Dame falling to 0-2 on the season, it's a horrible start for a guy that I really like. I lo- like Marcus Freeman. I think he is. It's hard to not like him. ESPN ran a feature on him last week before the Ohio State so game. Good. I wanted. I hate Notre Dame with all it is holy. Yes, that is intended. And I wanted to run through a wall for him. Yeah, he is, he's a likable dude. He gets it. Um, I Watching him go 0-2, you just look at a team that has zero confidence, and to make things worse, Notre Dame lost their starting quarterback uh, four to six months with a shoulder injury. I will also say this. I think they lost their starting quarterback before they came into the season. Man. He didn't look great against Ohio State. You can say Ohio State, Ryan Day, their defense. Da, da, da. He was not great against Marshall before he got hurt. He, nope. 18-32, uh, to 32, 200 yards, two picks. Just... Look, this is very real, how quickly things can come off the rails and come unhinged. And, you know, they're going to their backup, Drew Pine, now. And this is going to be a long slog of a season for Notre Dame because playing that independent schedule, it gives you the flexibility to play who you want. But, man, they do not have an easy schedule. And this is an opportunity. they, They at least have Cal next week. This is an opportunity for Cal, who's got a very good defense, to kind of get a little bit of credibility back for the Pac-12, right? I mean, you saw the Cougs do it. And if they, if the Golden Bears and Justin Wilcox's crew can just muster any kind of offense when they hit the road to South Bend this weekend, you could see the Pac-12 and people go, all right, well, maybe it's not as bad as we thought because we'll dive into how bad it, and good it was for the Pac-12 because Cougs, you're getting your shine in eight minutes from now. Go Cougs. Uh, that was awesome. Notre Dame has got Cal. Then you have North Carolina. Which, that offense, my goodness. You have BYU, Stanford, and then it kind of lightens up after that. You have Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, but then you have Clemson and USC still on your schedule at the end of this year. This is this could get gnarly for Notre Dame. Oh, they need a win in the biggest way possible. Do they, though? Yes, they do. I don't know. I don't think they do. I think they do. Eh. Um, other team that took it squarely on the chin was uh, Scott Frost. We have our first coaching fire uh, in college football, and it is former Oregon offensive coordinator, Nebraska head coach, Scott Frost. He got the heave-ho um, yesterday after Georgia Southern, not Southern Georgia, Georgia Southern went to Lincoln and beat Nebraska 45-42 behind the electric offense of Clay Helton. Yes. Uh, another uh, uh, Fun Belt Conference team, if I'm not mistaken. That is very you, – you are correct. That is, yes, the same Clay Helton that coached at USC and was fired. Listen, love to see him succeed somewhere else. That's all I'll say. Uh, as it pertains to Scott Frost and Nebraska, we talked about this following their uh, – just befuddling performance in Ireland against Northwestern in week one. Uh, we got into some of the specifics around uh, what his contract stated and had 
that if he was fired before October 1st, it was going to cost Nebraska quite a bit of money. It got so bad after a loss at Georgia Southern that Nebraska said, screw the money, we don't care, we need him gone. And they heave-hoed him, and now Nebraska's going to have an interim coach, and they'll figure something out, but they're going to pay him. It it got so bad that the clause that they put in there to prevent this from happening and to string this out for a little bit longer didn't get strung out. Mm, That's brutal, man. Yeah. And here is where you, you kind of go with Nebraska and Scott Frost. Look, they brought in Trev Alberts as the athletic director, and every AD wants to make their mark by hiring a head coach. Now, both Trev Alberts and Scott Frost, former players at, at Nebraska under uh, Tom Osborne. And so at the beginning there was this, okay, they may be linked a little bit more than we thought. But right now you're looking at – Remember the whole Michigan going, oh, it has to be a Michigan man thing? Now, it is working with Jim Harbaugh, but the whole Michigan man thing, it led Michigan down a very dark road for a while. USC did the same thing with her athletic director hires. And now you saw Nebraska go down the same road and say, well, we want Nebraska guys. Trev Albert steps in. They already had Scott Frost, two former Nebraska players, and – at this point, it was undeniable you had to move on from Scott Frost because an NCAA record eight games lost by one score a year ago, right? You have violations, uh, recruiting violations. Um, you had an impermissible analyst on, on staff going over special team stuff. You didn't have a special teams coach for the longest time, and you finally hired one this year. There is there was a lot uh, that went on with Scott Frost of just kind of small nicks and then big ones too. Like the embarrassing way you lose to Northwestern when you have all the momentum in the world. You're not in a one-score game because you are up two scores and you kick an onside kick and find a way to lose that game by one score. Uh, and literally to flip it from two-score lead to one-score loss, is it, it, it's impressive. That's an impressive level of malfeasance and just – choking the bag away and you've had the the whole offensive line puking thing this year has has scott frost had a piece of good press while at nebraska yeah when they hired him he was a nebraska guy and they were bringing him in outside of that no as a coach no there's been there's been a lot that you just point to and you say the team plays on discipline they coach that way you lose tight games and they have enough talent there to win games when you're losing that many one-score games, it's, it's coach. coaching. Because I mean, it, when it happens again and again and again and again and again, it's not your Jimmys and Joes that's no. coming down to your X's and And again, you want to go into the, the nerd philosophy part of this, just because it's a coin toss, theoretically, in one-score games, yes, you can come out on the wrong end more times than not and not have it be a 50-50 coin toss and then catch up on the end. But when you're talking about individuals and there's charted events that you can trace back to and track and go, yeah, it was a coin toss until you were brain dead and did this. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes no longer a coin toss system because you're distorting the odds by making bad choices, like an onside kick in a third quarter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this text says, or maybe Scott Frost went to Nebraska and they did him a favor. It doesn't have to be pessimistic, half glass empty. Look, that is surprising that you're – golden parachute's going to be $7.5 million just because he went to Nebraska, right? This, Trev Albert said, we couldn't wait any longer. 
and Georgia Southern is the loss where you can't wait any longer. If you bump it back like one more week, right? And what does that do to your recruiting? What does that do? I mean, we're already talking about the, the, the number of punches that the program has taken. Look, it was a you had a dead man walking situation there with uh, Scott Frost. And so they just put it. They had to they had to do it. They had to put him and the program out of their misery and try to get this thing back on the rails by any means necessary. In no way, shape or form is there a glass half full of this because yeah. they fired the guy who they thought was going to bring back all the allure and all of the glory that once was Nebraska football because he played in it. He's a, he grew up in the state of Nebraska. Like he was supposed to be the guy and he was a part of the black shirt era. They had to fire him. Yeah. And in there for, there should be no pessimism, no optimism there in the firing of Scott Frost. And the thing is, I, I will say this because they, they clearly drug this out. They very clearly drug us out. They finally excised the demon, so to speak. And as somebody who went through this with USC, with Clay Helton, there could be potential for change and for growth and, and for riding the ship. I don't know how much Nebraska can get back to that national prominence. I, I, I think those days are, are long gone. I don't long think they're gone. a USC or a Texas no. where they've got that footprint to really make it happen. But could they get back to the – could they restore some order? Could they Oregon State mm-hmm. this? And become a nine, maybe ten win team again. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. We'll see. Uh, it's not going to get e- any easier uh, this week as they've got Oklahoma. They have the number six team in the country. So, uh, good luck, Nebraska, and good luck, Scott Frost. Hell of a good dude. We'll see you in UCLA soon. Uh, we've hit on the Ducks and the Beavs. Let's take a journey around the rest of the Pac-12, starting with those Cougs going to Madison and jumping around. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.